Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real with Rory, brought to you by Cornerstone Roofing and Gutter. I'm Ben Kaysen here with Robbie Reyes and Rory Huskin in the studio. We're getting real today. We're keeping it real. <laughs> like it. Yeah. Yeah. So Robbie and I are brothers. I yes, mean, we are. You know, we, we met each other a few years ago and, uh, you know, we just kicked it off. Uh, we have similar backgrounds and so, you know, I asked Robbie here today to uh, to give part of his testimony and then uh, talk about some of the things that uh, that he's working on that uh, you know I, I I don't know I think I was probably there one of the first days that uh, you know well, you I caught a vision of what he did unfortunately you know I have this job and I can't be <laughs> you know as yeah. as you know conviction you know I don't have as much conviction as Robbie does about about doing he's doing it every day and I wish that I was mm-hmm. there but uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let uh, Robbie uh, just. Uh, you know, um, take it take it from the beginning. Thanks, yeah. Rory. And uh, I, man, I'm I'm just so grateful to be here. It's it's such an honor whenever you get a chance to to tell your story. A lot of people don't know others' stories, and we don't know what other people have been through. So to be able to do this, so so, so here, Rubby, and and that's one of the good points that I always bring up is so that you don't know who's counting on you. Ooh, to Boy, tell that, that story, again. somebody's counting on you yeah you know and and uh you know we all have stories and somehow i think a lot of people try to hide those why why, why do you you know it's 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 so cool to be transparent mm-hmm. well you brought up a good point people don't want to tell their story because possibly they're embarrassed mm-hmm. i know i was embarrassed for many years you know but um, i've been forgiven you have been forgiven mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and a lot of us have but some of us um who haven't been they struggle with telling mm-hmm. that story that's true I know for me, it was, geez, 35, 40, almost 40 years before I, and really it happened on Nick Ordorf's uh, podcast, not to bring up another podcast, you guys. <laughs> no, yeah. man, we do yeah. it all the time. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yours, but he, he was interviewing me and something happened in that interview and I spoke something out loud that I have never done in a public forum. Mm-hmm. I've, I've said it in small circles. Right. But, you know, as a kid, I was um, mentally, physically, and sexually abused. And that led to a lot of poor decisions and a lot of poor choices. Well, I think that all of our And a lot of embarrassment. Yeah, all all our poor choices. And I mean, it. you know, not to to minimize that, but everybody's poor choices start from some kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, stuff that goes on. You know, my my dad was an alcoholic. He's never Mm -hmm. around. My parents were, you know, when he'd come home. The, the, the few times he'd yeah. come home, it was like, uh, you know, WWF, you know. Real you know, I, I, I battled that for so long, mm-hmm. too, because I was like, did I really get sexually abused? Did I get mentally abused? Because you hear about families with large, you know, a large sure. family-based oh, yeah. siblings and whatnot, and they're, you know, everybody fights. And so, but it was different for me. Mm. My brother was much bigger than me. He was much larger, and... um it wasn't until my wife, because I would, I would talk to her, and I'm like, man, I really struggle with this. Did this really happen? And she said, here's how you can define that. Is anybody in a position of trust who does something against that trust, then you've been harmed. Wow. And so when she said that, it, it made sense to me, like, oh, okay, well, I don't have to hide from that anymore, and I don't have to um, protect one of the things that I realized in that podcast was that I was protecting two family members in my life that all I wanted was their protection. Mm. 
my brother and my dad. Mm -hmm. I wanted their protection. I wanted to feel secure in my own home, and I didn't. At 10 years old, I was, man, I was trying to find protection from anything I could, but there was nobody to protect me. Well, so so because of that, Robbie, what, what, uh, go on. So... So as a kid, you don't have any idea how to deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know how to deal with any of that. And I just led, you know, I, I lived my life. I, I put a smile on my face and I just dug in and I, I did the best I could. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know how to do it. Um, and then in my sophomore year, it was actually my freshman summer going into my sophomore year in high school, my parents divorced. Mm. And that seemed to be like the big catalyst, the the thing that just like blew it over the edge. Yeah, yeah, just blew everything open. Um, And then that just led to a whole bunch of other choices. Man, I was like, I mean, I wasn't like a a crazy good athlete, but I wasn't like a bad athlete. So that's another thing I struggle with, right? Mm -hmm. Is there's so we talk about all this stuff, right? Unworthiness Uh is one of those one of those things when oh no doubt when you're young and those. And and that the, that trio happened to me. It just brought on a bunch of unworthiness, low self esteem, yeah, insecurities, yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And um, so anyway, I was like a three point eight GPA my freshman year. Kind of, you know, I was a starting point guard, starting shortstop kind of thing. And then they got a divorce, and everything just went right out the toilet, or right out the door. I guess you could say. Wow. Um, which led to, you know, I I didn't care. I did everything I could to just fail. Um, and I don't even know if I was, again, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to navigate through something like that. And I didn't have people to help me sure. navigate. Um, I, I, I tried using sports, but it, I was just so distracted by so many different things that by the time I was a senior, I, was, I needed the last class, my last day. <laughs> it was the last hour to graduate. And I actually spent the last two weeks of my uh, high school career in, in school expulsion. Wow. Because I had done something on a baseball field that caused me to get, you know, expelled. And because they had mercy on me, they just threw me in the uh, in school expulsion program so that I could finish out high school. Wow. So it, it just was, you know, and then from there, it, it just kept spiraling and spiraling. Um, you know, I was going to high school. I, I remember going to high school and I was uh, smoking weed and I went to class high, um, drinking, drinking regularly. And then that just, it just continued. It just continued. I think when you, when you have, you know, you don't know what you're doing and somebody says, hey, try this. Oh yeah, drink this. Oh, I've been there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I th- you know, and I it think takes we away all, all the pain, and, and all of a sudden it's like, holy smoke! I, I feel good about myself. Yeah, today. yeah. I don't have to feel bad. Confidence. Yeah, it's like I was the life of the party all of a sudden, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I it's, was the funniest guy. Like I was I, the coolest I, I'm guy. Back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You say I'm back because it was like a struggle for me to find an identity mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah, it, for me, high school is so hard. Um, to talk about because I was struggling within myself to try and figure out who I was, like many of us. Yeah. But you add those things on top, and there's how many kids in around the world in this, in just in this city that are trying to deal with the same thing. Same thing. Oh sure. yeah. No All they're trying to do is figure out who am I, and you go to high school, and that's enough, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, 
and then you add on all this other life-changing developments. And see, see, mine is the same story. Uh, the only difference is, is I loved high school. I, I, I liked it so well. I wish I could go back and do yeah. it again. I mean, you know, and I feel really sorry for the kids last year through the pandemic that not, you know, that 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 had to do it online and yeah. didn't get to graduate. And I think, wow, how 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 much did they get robbed? You know. But anyway. Ooh, how much did they get robbed? Yeah. Because that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. I got robbed. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I got robbed of my high school because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to deal with things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was times when I was playing basketball. I remember um, when when they were going through this divorce, my mom would sit way up in the top left corner of the gym, and then my dad would come in, and he would be um, – he would come in front of both benches – with his new family, his new wife, wow. her mom. Oh, wow. And I'm on the court, like, trying to get ready for a basketball game. Yeah, how do you focus then? And then yeah. I was like, and I look up and I see my mom, and she's just, like, crushed. Hmm. That lady was crushed. She didn't know anybody else. She loved him to death. She loved him, like, dearly. Right, right. And it's not to speak bad of my dad at all. I don't want to do that. But it's just what I was trying to deal with on that court. And then you'd have a bad game, and the coaches are like, what the heck's wrong with you, Reyes? Uh, and then you're you're fighting for words like well I don't know I, I just I don't know I didn't sleep well or you yeah, know yeah. you're trying to come up with an excuse so you don't want to tell mm-hmm. them well I mean isn't it, isn't it, isn't it funny how how life at that point it's full of excuses at that point oh yeah hey, because it's it's always something else's well that's it, that's that's mm-hmm. crazy you would say that because uh, you know now that I've done what I've done and because of the things that I've been through I've been able to go into prisons. And you get to see that in real time. Those guys making excuses for everything. They rationalize everything. If I just hadn't have been at that place at that yes. time, it's like, look, look, that's not what caused it, brother. It's it was actually the drugs that you had. Yeah, look, I, I went through all through that, you know, and I I am one of those guys, and mm-hmm. and I came out of the prison system. Not wanting and, to take responsibility for oh, yeah. for your actions, you you decide to blame. Everybody. And I was so good at. I became a victim early. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. I was a victim of all these things, and now it's like. Like, oh, poor me. I so I played it, that role for 35 years. I call it the victim mentality. Yes. You know, somebody else I heard this morning say victim, a, a, a victim's campaign, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it was a campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all about me and poor me. It, it, you know, it, so here's what victim stance allows you to do. It, it's like victim stance allows me to victimize other people. Yeah. Period. Yeah, you fill in the blanks. You well, know? it's it's like the uh, uh, what do they call the fantasy fantasy land of rationalization. Mm-hmm. So I call it going to Disneyland, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we do we we drift off into this fantasy world that doesn't exist to escape to escape the pain that we're in, because we don't know how to say I'm I'm in pain. Right. I'm hurting. Right. Those two sentences are are so hard for people to say. Look, I hurt right now. Well, and, well, and, and, and Robbie, who are you going to talk to? Right. Who, who are we going to talk to? Because you as a man, what? I'm embarrassed. I don't want to talk to you. No doubt about it. And here, here's the other thing. So, look, you know, I grew up in church. I don't know if you did. No. I grew up in church. Um, you know, I, I grew up kind of in a church that you go to now. Yes. And here's what I remember is, is people, you know, I was so broken. I didn't start doing drugs until I was 20, 22, mm-hmm. 23 years mm-hmm. old. And, and, and it... it I mean, I became broken, and I, I knew that there was hope for me, but, but, like, you go to church, you know, you're broken, you go to church, you go down to the altar, you know, you lay it all on the, on, on the altar, and, but you know, and, and they pat you on the back and tell you, Rory, that's such a good job, man. We'll see you next Sunday. Yeah. You know, that's, 
you know, what about what all about the stuff that's in between? Today yeah, what about what Sunday? about Sunday through Saturday? What do I do? Yeah, you know, who's who's going to take my hand and say, "Hey, Rory, you know, look, you've you've like uh, you served that 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 enemy well. Yeah, you've changed positions now. You're you know, he's not just going to let you go. It, that's not the he's sending his best. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. When he realizes you want to make a change, oh my. You know, Boy, and, and then I'm going to tell you, I came through a tax and, you know, so. Well, and then, and, you know, it's crazy. I was just on a uh, a Zoom call today and it said what we used to do long ago no longer works. So we need to raise our game to another level. We need to raise our game to another level. We need to be able to switch our paradigm, change the culture, change the way we're seeing things. Because the way we used to see them no longer works. That's funny. I, you know, of course, I have eight daughters. And, you know, daughters, girls are, you know, they're, they're not wired, you know, the way we are, No, you know, and they're, they're really sensitive. Um, and I remember having this conversation with a daughter all the time. It's like, look, sweetheart, if you don't like the picture in your head, you're the only one capable of changing that picture. Right. Don't like right. it, change it. Yeah. You know? But the thing about it is if they don't know how to change it. Right. Yeah. How do they change it? Mm-hmm. That was my problem. Mm-hmm. I didn't like where I was. I, I matter of fact, I was, I was so irritated and um, what's the word? I was just frustrated with where I was, but I didn't know what else to do. Yeah, I didn't know how to be different. And anyway, I didn't know how to be different until I finally raised my hand at 35 years old and said, "I'm I'm done. Mm-hmm. I surrender my life, man. I can't do this on my own." So. You know, having those things happen to you as a child, mm-hmm. you do and go through life the best you can, and you end up screwing things up. I would, So many broken relationships. I talked to my kids the other day, and, and praise God, because he's really restored those relationships for me. I didn't do it. I did everything to break them and to crush them and, and to ruin everything in front of me because I didn't love me. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't love me enough to love you. So it was really difficult. So, so let me ask you a question based on that. Um, did you ever look in the mirror? I hated the mirror. Oh, you know what's crazy? Go ahead. So, so one, of the, <laughs> one, one of the things that they told me to do is look in the mirror and tell yourself that you like yourself. And Ooh. Bro, I, I want to tell you, I was in CDU. I was in Chemical Dependency Unit, Parkview mm-hmm. Hospital. And they told me that, and they brought a mirror to the class that day, and I left that room crying. I was so angry yeah, mm. and so broken, and I just I couldn't tell myself that. And I tell my kids today, it's, it's like one of the biggest things, sweetheart, is that you need to get to know yourself. You need to like yourself. All the other stuff, all the things that you think that you need to, to arrive. Right. It is not what it is. It's you liking you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like, matter of fact, even today, I still have a poor self image of myself. I hate taking pictures. Mm-hmm. I, I just I look, uh, I just look at pictures and I look at all the <laughs> negative things in my, in the oh. pic. I'm like, look at that. But there's a, there's a guy that played for Fresno state. He's a guard. His name's Chris Heron. And I heard his testimony and in his testimony, because he talks about his drug addiction and yeah, what yeah. it led to, the dude like had a pro career. Oh yeah, and he was awesome guard. Mm-hmm. But he talks about there were times when he couldn't even look in the mirror to shave because yeah. he hated himself. Oh, yeah. And I remembered that, wow. and it dropped me to my knees when I was watching it. This was 
oh, this has got to be probably seven, eight years ago. But when I heard that story, it was like, that's exactly right. I hated myself. You know what really changed me in the end is people say, you know, what what happened? Well, first off, I turned my life over. I was like, I'm done. I I raised my hand too. I'm done. I don't want to be the person that I am today. Right. But I had four years. I was kind of a captive audience of myself, and, and I had four years to look at myself every day. And and what I saw, I didn't like. And so I had four years to work on each one of the, you know, work right. on all of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but in the end, I was able to look in the, the mirror and say, you know, I'm, wow, I'm okay with the guy, you know, that I see. But Yeah, and that's you know. crazy because that's, you know, for me, um, I didn't want to know God. I, I had a resentment towards God. I had a resentment towards any religion. I didn't want you to come talk to me about Jesus because I'd tell you where to take Jesus and how far to shove him. Yeah. It was that kind of anger that I had because when we went to church, it was because my mom and dad were fighting or something was going on. Uh-huh. So it was, it just didn't make sense to me, and then I didn't know what was happening. Nobody could really explain anything to me. So I didn't know anything about religion, but when my I had a friend in Denver. I got sober on 70th and Washington at an AA group. And uh, they told me to go to that meeting. And when I looked at the 12 steps, it talked about God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's the third step. Yeah. I was like, I just want my drug addiction to stop. I don't want to know God. Mm-hmm. But they explained it to me in a way that, under, that I could understand. They were like, you know, it, a God of your own understanding. Make this pencil your God. Yeah. As ludicrous yeah. as that sounds and as... Uh, Goofy, I don't know what other word to say, but as goofy as that may sound, I did that. Right. Because I was so done with where I was in my right. life. Dude, right. my, my life had led to such a, a disgrace. Um, I was on the back alleys of Colfax from Josephine Street down to Logan, and I was dumpster diving and begging hmm. because it just had gotten so bad, my drug addiction. What was your drug choice, Robert? Crack. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you and, and who wants to talk mm-hmm. about that? That's mm-hmm. another. Who wants to talk about mm-hmm. any of this stuff, mm-hmm. man? Yeah. You know, the thing about it is, is I, you know, and I don't either. You know, of course, when I go to churches, a lot of times I just tell them, I want to tell people the good things that God has done. I don't want to tell people That's the bad exactly things it. that sure. the enemy, you know, that yeah. I, I was doing. I, yeah. you know, get shot at, you know, I, who, who wants to hear about, you know. Well, all the scheming and all the stuff we did to get to where we needed to get. Oh, Lord, and then oh. I, tell, I tell people, you know, it's, it's like horrible. it takes a strong individual to stay high you know, it takes oh, a, my gosh. a con man to yeah. stay high yeah. as often as we did. Yeah, as much energy yeah. as we put. That's what we tell people now because I run, you know, Celebrate Recovery. I do. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the funny thing is God has a sense of humor, right? So I was a guy you don't talk about. Uh, you don't talk to. Uh, don't come talk to me about Jesus. And now I'm like, <laughs> right, a, right. I'm a pastor. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's, I mean, it's just, it's Look awesome. Look at the redemption power there you go. of Jesus Christ. Yes. Man. Yeah. And that's really the story about it all is is the redemption power of, of what mm-hmm. God can do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it at the time. I said, I'm done. I surrendered my life. And at the exact same time I did that, I raised my hand up, and it was like God reached down from heaven, mm-hmm. and he grabbed mine, mm-hmm. and he said, I got you. Mm-hmm. And see, all those all those gods, when you know when they tell you make that pencil a, a god, you know, it's it's a, a lot of people use that as a stepping stone to mm-hmm. to. to yeah, Jesus. And I'll never say anything it. bad about AA. Man, that saved my life. You know, and, it and, saved my life. Mm-hmm. You know, programs like that saved my life. The one thing about so I went to CDU three times, and uh, 
um, chemical dependency unit, Parkview Hospital. Mm-hmm. And really, at, at some point, I, I really just wanted them to teach me how to learn, how to use successfully. Yeah, I yeah. just wanted them to yeah, teach me. Yeah, I want to be me. a responsible addict. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know, I don't really want to stop. I, I just want to, you know, until things just got so bad, man, that it was like, you know, I, I had lost everything. Yes. You know, you lose yourself. Yes. You know, I, I didn't know who I was anymore. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, we were watching Dr. Phil one day, <laughs> just kind of weird, but... You know, there was this guy that was begging, you know, for for money and staying high. And uh, my girls were like, can you believe somebody would do that, Dad? Yeah, you know how how embarrassing that was that day to tell my kids, yeah, that was me begging for money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, didn't, I was homeless. I was, you know, they, they don't know that because... You know, they see who we become today, right? right. They don't. They don't right. know who that was. Yeah. So, um, especially you know. when you go into prison, all they see is this mm-hmm. redemptive shell that we've become. Oh. But when you start talking about your story, you know, there was a film crew that came through Pueblo not too long ago. They filmed my story, and um, I was telling them about that experience of going to prison talking about my experience and that was a geez that was a thing of itself who wants i didn't want to go to prison Mm -hmm. and then to go in there like what do you tell these guys i just told my story and it was straight up the honest truth and and it resonated so well with those guys that when i left there i remember i had to pull off the side of the road i called frank to tony (laughs) and i cried like a baby because i was like i get it frank yeah it all makes sense now. Everything I went through, all that pain that I had gone through. just for you. No, it wasn't for me. It was for someone else. Somebody's count. Who? Somebody's counting, counting on, you? on you. Somebody's counting on and you. And that was such a great message. That was at a conference. Um, <laughs> it was. Danny uh, Lucero, Pastor Danny Lucero, our identity youth pastor at Praise, preached that message about somebody's counting on you. We had no idea. Yeah, it it resonated with me that day though. Yes, you know, I was I was one of the uh, breakout speakers for that conference. That's right. And we need another conference. We do need another conference. So, uh, um, you know, there's there's men out there suffering. There's men out there that need to hear what you're talking about. Right. They haven't they haven't quite gotten to the prison point or the yeah. But they need to hear what you have to say, Rory. Yeah. They need to hear what I have to say. They do, and you know what's cool is is Rory and I will go out to lunch. <laughs> and we just start talking, yeah. and because of the way we start talking, people around us will hear it, and it's it's a testament of what God has done in our life, and people will hear it, and they'll come up to us afterwards, and they'll start talking to us about either their brother, their sister, their aunt. Pray for me. Pray yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Hey, your guys' story is We powerful. have church, man. You know, we the, do. That, uh, that anointing like, uh, it's like so it tracks. Cool. But you know? that's the thing is, is today I put myself in position where I can be around like-minded people. Yeah. I was around like-minded people, and I was doing bad, right? right? I was a drug addict around a bunch of drug addicts. Now I'm around a bunch of people that want to do better for the city. They want to do better for themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, well, thank God I have my wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, she, she grounds me, too. So, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, um, Those are the accountability partners. Oh, oh, she's, she's fantastic. Yeah. So. yeah, and, yeah. We, and we both have one. I, I know your wife... She's yeah, your amazing. Wife is, 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 is She's amazing. amazing. God used her to get me to church, which was a, that's a story. I mean, here we are. We could, <laughs> you guys, we could probably do this for like two hours. We could. But, yeah. um, that that story's cool. That's a story of redemption. We yeah. dated each other in our addiction, 
she was an alcoholic and I was an addict. We broke up because I didn't want to get married at the time. <laughs> so then I, I crushed my heart. I really, you know, making that decision crushed my heart. I thought I'd never see her again. And then uh, when I got sober, I moved back to Pueblo, posted a picture. My cousin posts this picture on Facebook. She sees it, my my wife now, responds to it. We start talking, and I don't know, within probably three weeks of us talking, she says, hey, you want to go to church? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, you're pretty hot. Well, who's preaching, a pencil? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, is it a pencil or is it an actual person? Because I'm not sure about this. But I end up over at Praise, and, and the rest is history. Within three months, I'm getting baptized. She got baptized. My brother got baptized. Wow. Her, wow. her mother got baptized. All four of us in wow. one day. That's crazy. A complete so cool. restoration. You know, and that's what God can do. I think I don't want to minimize the pain that we went through to get to where we're at. But on the other side, it's like I was telling you guys about that uh, YouTube, uh, what is it, a TED Talk by Errol Moody mm-hmm. called The Secret to Student Success. And in that, he says something really powerful. He says, we've all been given challenges in our life individually. We've all been given our own separate challenge to come up against, to recognize, and then to overcome. Right. Because on the other side of that overcoming is the victory, is the success. Right. And so that's just really powerful to me because we've all gone through these things that we could very easily fall into victim mindset and victimhood and instead, if we use it to overcome and experience the success on the other side. You know, what's so, what's odd to me is, is you know, people will tell me, you know, I'll tell them, you know, parts of my story and stuff. And, and they're like, uh, you know, I, I and, and I tell them how thankful I am. Yes. And they're like, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand how you could be thankful about, like, going to prison or, or and I'm like, well, here's the thing. If I'd have missed one step along the way, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Amen. I'm grateful for everything that I went through. Exactly. And all of those hurdles. Yeah. And all of those victories. And those victories, by the way, yeah. once you sober up yeah. and once you, you walk the walk, you still have those 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 humps. Well, you just learn how to deal with life on life's terms. You know, and isn't it great? Because here's, here's what I say. It's another opportunity to prove that Jesus sits on a throne. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because even today, I'll see some friends of my past. My dad, you know, my my dad was very well known throughout the community, so people knew my struggle. And I'll see some of those people as well, and they'll kind of like turn their head, like, "Oh no, here comes Rob." <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> which is a which is really cool because I'm like, well, if they give me the chance to talk to them, they'll see that I'm a completely different person than right. I'm, what I was. Mm. And that's because of what Jesus has done in my life. Yeah. I just wanted my drug addiction to stop. And he grabbed me in such a way and showed me that your story can be so powerful for someone else. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely change the lives of others. Yeah. And that goes for anybody that's listening today, right? You may be going they through something. Story. You may be going through a struggle. Man, God's giving you a testimony to show how great his power is. Mm. You know, I, ca- I caught this vision, and it, I don't know if it was mine. Um, I, it was somebody else's, I think. And it's been so long ago, but the story is so vivid in my mind still that, that you're following this guy. Can't see it. And there's a bunch of you following him. Yeah. And you're going through the, the jungles and, the, and the, the forest and the trees. And, and you always sense a, a danger presence, you know, and so sometimes you'd, 
you'd wait in the trees and let the let the enemy pass and you know it was just it was like this struggle to you know to follow whoever you're following you know you're like in an army or you know but you you're following this person and all of a sudden you 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 walk into this beautiful valley and the person that you've never seen yet you know you, you just get glimpses you know through the trees and turns around and says good job mm. Good job, son. Yeah. Now it's your job to go back and help others find their way. Mm. And, uh, it was it was so powerful back then, and it was so vivid, and it's just always been. I just use that. That's it, it's it's. I still remember. It's your job now to go help others find their way. Yeah, it's like, yeah. That's are. that's really good. Step six or principle six or. Habit number six of the seven habits of highly effective people talks about synergizing. Mm-hmm. And I think if more people would recognize that and know that through teamwork, what they say, teamwork makes the dream work. Mm-hmm. And good. so when we capture what God has done for us and recognize that we can go back and help others, we can build a team around us. And we can make this thing grow faster and greater if then we try if other than if we tried to do it by ourselves. No doubt about it. You know, trying to do it by myself. I can't do it by myself. I need a team. That's why you and I, when we team up and we go places, people listen, (laughs) they hear it. They do. They can hear the redemption story, man, and it's it's powerful. It's powerful and and it's it's fun. You know, it's it's it kind of tells you that Mm -hmm. God is is working. Right. You know, that that, that this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, through all that pain, through all that crying, through all that misery, mm-hmm. God has a greater story for us. You know, uh, so, you know, we're on the same same team, dif- different stories and different routes to mm-hmm. get there. You know, I'm, I'm on television. So I walk into a prison and, you know, you, you, yeah. people are like, what's the cornerstone guy doing here? Yeah, know? right. And then uh, I've had actually parents chase me down and just, hug me and you know um, you know I've, I've talked at, at uh, uh, TC graduations and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and it's 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 awesome therapeutic you know, community one guy's like hey he's telling his son are you listening to this man so, yeah you know. yeah and and part of that synergy is we get to do that on the outside so when I went to prison I got to see the seven habits of highly effective people and they call it seven habits of highly effective people inside. It was, they were creating leaders inside of a prison. And I just thought that so fascinating because I'm like, you're actually changing a culture inside of a prison. Right. So So why couldn't we take this model, bring it out to Pueblo and and let this thing spin. Mm. And so Rory and I have been working together to try and bring that reality uh, to Pueblo. Well, they actually had a couple of the prisoners come yes. to Praise Assembly, and we had a, a meeting. Core group, core group members. And, uh, you know, I was, like, just tickled to death. <laughs> Look, I went through TC, which was not seven habits. Right. Uh, but I believe that TC was one of those programs. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Building leaders, you know, giving yourself a self-awareness right. of, of, of exactly what you're going through, yeah. the victim stance. Power thrust, yeah. Um, you know, a lack of energy and responsible activity, just stuff. I never knew that my life was governed by um, 
Oh, I don't. Well, it's play. it's working through the maturity continuum. Yeah. So of dependence, independence to eventually get to interdependence. See, my my life was governed through distortions and thinking errors. Yeah. And so, you know, to combat that, you need to recognize those things. Right. And, and definitely. Right. So, and how funny, and, and maybe some of you have asked your, yourselves this question, how can two guys who were just sit, sitting here talking about the power of redemption in Jesus Christ now switch gear and talk about a seven habits program? Well, here's the thing. Or therapeutic is, community or, or anything, therapeutic but, community. Yeah, but this yeah. book can lead you and lead others to God. And so I've seen it step, happen. Just like AA. Right. No doubt about it. Right. All those programs will lead you right to the hands of God. Mm. Because like me, my heart was so hardened towards um, God, Jesus, all that religion and all that other stuff. I just wanted a drug addiction to stop. People showed me through a program, hey, if you work this pro, if you work this process, if it's going to work. It, and so after about work, four years, yeah. Mm -hmm. So after four years, when... I started to develop a little curiosity about, man, there's got to be something greater out there. <laughs> right. And I don't know what it is, but it's not me. Right. And then God used my wife and said, hey, do you want to go to church? And so when I went to church, I was there at the exact time I needed to be there because it hit me so hard. Wow. I've not turned around. Wow. Well, you know, nothing happens by accident, right? Nothing. You know, not in God's and world. And I think that uh, that you had to get to the point where you wanted to know. Yes. You know, and 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 uh, God made a way for that. Yeah. No and maybe that, there's you know. listeners tonight, today, mm -hmm. that are are hearing this, and they're like, man, maybe they're feeling that tug. Mm -hmm. Just know that that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. He's tugging at your heart to to give up, man. Surrender your life. Submit. So I was. I was raised in church. I was one of those kids in the back pew, white knuckling it. Oh, you know? God would call yes. me, come to the pew, <laughs> come to the altar. And I'd be like, my knuckles were white from hanging <laughs> on to the pew in front of me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was already full of low self-esteem and self insecurities. And there was no way that I was going to go down to the altar. And, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, I, I had to take the path that I, that I, that I, I, I chose the one that I was supposed to. Yeah. Nothing happens by accident. No. No, and that's why I think, um, you know, giving yourself grace to know that wherever you're at, God wants to do something far greater. God wants to do something far greater, but you have to submit. You have to make that choice to surrender, just like me, I did, just like you did. Mm -hmm. um, there's many others that have, and they've just really grabbed a hold of whatever that process looks like. For us, the seven habits, it's a complete mindset it's a complete shift in culture so robbie t tell us tell us uh, where it's headed so because of of what i saw in prison and the things that uh i believe can really help affect change in this city i'm working on a reentry program mm -hmm. uh, through the church and with rory and several others uh, to bring a, a reentry model uh, to pueblo because the department of corrections for the state is dying for Pueblo to do something like this. Mm. We have parole, a parole division here, but we don't have like a housing unit. We, we don't have places where these guys that are, are, are reforming inside the prison, when they come out, they don't have anywhere to continue that uh, those programs. Mm. So we want to be able to allow that. We have um, the seven habits of highly effective people. One of the guys that really touched me in my Christian walk that's been a huge mentor for me is Frank to Tony, and he teaches three classes. He teaches um, 
Fast Forgiveness. He teaches Gladiator School, and now he just written he wrote another book and another program called Who Took Your Voice. Yeah. So if well, we Frank's can, Frank's been in here and he yeah. spoke. We we've had Frank. Oh, on the there podcast. you go. You so guys know Frank. Frank Frank's a Frank's a warrior for uh, that is a. Yes, he is a great godly man, and he's really helped me in my walk. And so I just feel like if we could provide, you know, if we could provide programming for men and women of that are coming out, then we can go after their families, right? If we go after the men and women, then we can attack the family, then we can attack the community, and we can absolutely change this city. Can you imagine? And I was telling this to to these guys not too long ago. That crime that just happened where that guy dismembered his, his mom. Oh, dumps, yeah, yeah. Throws her Put in him a in a dumpster. Put mm-hmm. her in a dumpster. I do. Could you imagine if we're that same city that is the change that the nation needs to see? Wouldn't that be awesome? And we can do that through these programs, right? We need we need a building where we can do the, you know, we can run the classrooms. Um, we can meet their basic needs. We can, we can do so many things. We can provide resources for not only the those that community but for the community in in general so 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 I'm, you know why we could set the world on fire why is that it's because of the grace and mercy that we've been shown Amen. it's like aren't That's you right i mean it's, i'm so grateful yes well first off i thought i was going to die <laughs> i thought i'd in never live all piece. by yourself i never lived past 30 right yeah and and now here i am you know double that yeah um, and, but I am so grateful yeah. for the life that I have today, and that I'm not where I used to be. Yeah, that uh, that I'll tell anybody. You well, know, just think about it. If if we were to synergize, man, we can do something far beyond our ourselves. That's the greatest. Uh, that's what Jesus did for us, man. Mm. He did something far greater um, for us than we could and, ever and, do. And then we could ever do. And he did something far greater than himself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know. That's probably not a good statement because he's God. But that's what he wants to do, and that's what we get to do is is we get to do something and leave a lasting impression for, for generations to come, right? We can leave them with something. We can leave them with a model that's already here. We don't need to recreate the will, man. It's right here. Mm-hmm. And if we just, um, if, if we just allow this process this program to work the way it's supposed to work we can go after teens we're going to start teaching the highly uh seven habits of highly effective teens september 26th at praise assembly so get your teens involved right so that's where it starts we'd start with that younger generation we get the teens we get the we get the adults and then we go after the families now guess what happens when those people are going back into the community and working now the employer becomes more effective and their bottom line becomes greater because you have a more effective employee. So it's just like, yeah. it's improving this, people. It's, and a, everybody's it's a snowball yeah. effect. Yeah. 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 It's this whole snowball everybody effect of yeah. if we can just, and that, that all happens through our experience, right? Right. If, if we'll get out of ourselves and see that, man, your experience, yes, it's devastating. I'm not trying to minimize anybody's no, no, no. experience. But if you get out of yourself and you start talking about your testimony, mm. you never know what's going to happen. I didn't have, I just, you guys, I wanted a drug addiction to stop. And now I'm like trying to help others. <laughs> Are you kidding? So, so here, so yeah. I'm sure that God's <laughs> given you visions and stuff, you know, or he's given you words. Yes. You know, one of those words was, is, you know, you're going to go places. You're going to say, rent the building, feed the people. I want to talk to them. Yeah. You know, so I was like, wow, God. 
you know, I'm just going to go get cards and I'm going to, you know. It's uh, more than handing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? right? So it's like this. You have a cardboard. You got a guy stand on on the corner asking for money. I can give a guy a fish and he'll eat for that day. But if I teach teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Why don't we start showing people? We're not going to save everybody. No. But we are going to save those that are willing and ready like ourselves that want to do something greater. Well, through their experience, you know, and, and that's not our job, really, to Mm-mm. save everybody. But you we know, can, we can. Our, if, our job is to go out, and and we don't know where somebody's at. No, some, some of them need some some watering. Some of them need to, some fertilizer. Some of them, you know, some of us, some of them need need the the ground tilled in their heart. <laughs> they do, you know. Yeah. Somebody needs to get in there and just really wrangle up that heart to loosen up that ground. So that the when when the seed falls, aren't you thankful for that too? My my heart was so hard at one time. That's what Robbie. I'm talking. Yes, my my heart was so hard that you know I didn't want to hear about Jesus either. Mm-mm. You know my my idea of Jesus was like this. You know this, this perfect person. This no no no. It was oh. no. Mine was like of of this courtroom in heaven that mm. that the judgment. You know, from the oh, yeah. there you yeah, go. You know yeah. You yeah. do these things and God's going to be angry with you. And I used to tell people if yeah. that's the God that you serve. I don't want any part of him. No, I, that's not that's you know. But, I I had a dad at home like that. Yeah, you know. I don't I don't need a judgment character. Yeah, you know. I had to go where I had to go, through all the bumps and all all the learning and all the things to learn that that's not the God that I serve. Right. The God that I serve is the one is the prodigal son that, when he saw me, coming back home. He ran to me and mm-hmm. threw his arms around me. This he said there's son. a far greater way to live. Paul uh-huh. says there's a far greater way to live, and that's love. Yep. Love. And love looks a lot of different ways to this society. <laughs> uh, we won't touch that, yeah. but it looks a lot of different ways. But one of the ways that I know that I can I can give back is by loving that community that people don't want to love. Mm-hmm. God's given me a supernatural um, compassion towards that community, and I'm grateful for it. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's, I'm grateful every day, Robbie. Yeah. Well, I ran into you because of it, and I'm so <laughs> grateful funny. for that yeah. because we're sitting here today, and and we're friends, and I can call you, and I can trust you, and I can count on you because you were counting on somebody, right? And so together we get to do it. We get to synergize and sit here and do this, and it's man, it's amazing. R- it's Robbie amazing. runs the. the uh, Celebrate recovery. Celebrate recovery. Assembly. Prison ministry. Um, you know, he asked me to come speak. Yes. Um, and uh, it, it was it's amazing. You know, just just even the amount of people that that come to mm-hmm. praise assembly to the celebrate recovery, and and so I, I I got up and shared my testimony, and Robbie walked over and shaking your head. Remember that? <laughs> I do. I was like, I, was I like, do. I was like thinking, no. oh, did I do something wrong? And he's like shaking his head. Go ahead. I just it was it was it's just. When you hear somebody else's story, when you hear the pain that they've been through, when you hear what they've gone through, and then you hear how God has touched them and changed them completely, you see a guy, like they say, Rory's on TVs, on billboards, he's all over the place. He never struggled. He does. I'm like, this guy, how does he know what I went through and what I've been through? And then he starts telling his story, and it drops you to your knees, and you just start praying. Because mm-hmm. it it was so overwhelming and it was so touching and you rocked the whole I mean that whole room was was just filled with the Holy Spirit of what God had done in your life. 
It's, 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 <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's just sitting, great. I'm yeah. tearing up, you know, stuff. <laughs> and I started talking about uh, the power of Jesus. And, yeah. You know, it, it just it overwhelms me with the goodness. You know, honestly, people, I, I've struggled so much in my life, um, you know, being trying to be something that I wasn't, that only Jesus and it's just it's a it's a good solid way to live. I am so grateful today, you know. I, I mean, if we could just share a little bit of what we what we have, right? If if you just they never use drugs, would they? Oh, they'd never would. No, but I, you I know, used to tell people if I could give you a hit of the Holy Spirit, you I've gotten higher on him than I've ever gotten <laughs> on any other drug. So here, so on a different note, you know, isn't that the best high? Ever? Oh, it's amazing! Look, I was I was on one of the uh, the uh, prayer conferences for the Awake America that came to 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 Denver and and Pastor Wilson back when when he recommended I be on the prayer team. So um, I remember when all the praying for people was over and I was standing by one of the speakers and the prayer the praise team was I was just drifting away, man. It was like one oh, of the yeah. best feelings I've 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 ever had in my life, and I just sat there and thought, you know, this is. This is what the search is. When I when when people are doing drugs, this is what they're searching for yeah. is the Holy Spirit. You know, that hole that we're trying to fill with drugs can only be filled yeah. with the Holy Spirit. And what about the people that are suffering from like bitterness, resentment, anger? Maybe you're you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you've just had something very devastating happen to your life. Celebrate recovery is for that reason. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is trying to figure out. It's those tools when I talked about we've been given these problems to be able to overcome them. We give you those tools to help you overcome those problems so that you can experience the success on the other side, that victory. Right. That's really what this comes down to is, is being able to equip you with the right tools to overcome whatever you're going through in life. The thinking errors, the distortions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they don't call them that. Yeah, but, you know, um, we need uh, more people to come hang out with us. Well, you know, we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How can people connect with you guys and come do that? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you can connect with me at Rob at pueblopraise.org. You can call the church at seven one nine five four four nine four eight six. Man, am I? It's Pastor Rob. We have celebrate recovery Thursday nights at six o'clock. September 26th, we're going to be starting up the seven habits of highly effective people and also the seven habits of highly effective teens. That's going to be at 1030 on Sunday at church. So please, man, find me, come talk to me, let me help you. So Robbie's doing it. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you, Rory. This has been awesome. Yeah, you're you're, you're, you're definitely one of my... uh, my favorite oh, to hang man. Out with, man. That's a yeah. and, that's you know, an gotta put Frank Tony in there. <laughs> you gotta put Frank. Uh, How do you not oh, put yeah. Frank? Come on. How do you not so, put Frank in there? So it's funny, I've told Frank's story, you know. I, I've told uh, how I, I had this attorney back on as a knucklehead and yeah. And uh, my attorney fired me. <laughs> and uh, he said, Yeah, I, I don't think that we're gonna be you know, you're you're not Compatible. ready for me, yeah. <laughs> and so I, 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 I brought Frank in and sat him down and I yeah. said, So everybody remembers that you know, the attorney that fired me, this was Frank Tony was my there attorney that fired me. And now we're, we're, you know, we're really good friends. Isn't that, isn't that amazing what, what the Holy That's Spirit crazy. can do? That is amazing because I tell people, and I've told Frankie, if I ever get a platform, I'm going to tell people there's no Rob Reyes without a Frank Tony. <laughs> there's not. There's not even close. Yeah. 
because I I I just I love that man. He's he's grabbed me by uh, the ears and he's let me know what two plus two is and how I needed to do it and how I needed to get there. And so I'm just so thankful for him. Well, Robbie, we're going to have to have you back at another time. There's there's way more of the story. (laughs) And uh, Robbie just had this video, uh, uh, what, a couple weeks? Yeah, it was a couple weeks on on YouTube. This this group comes through. They're doing a 32-city tour. This guy shows up at Praise and wants to, to film what people are doing to combat poverty in their city. Yeah. And um, and his name's Daryl Finkton Jr. And I think it's uh, I believe it's called um, Hope is here in Pueblo. Yeah. Under uh, the YouTube tag, so go check it out and see what you think. Let yeah. me know. Partner with me. Let's get this thing going. Let's go. Mm. And uh, everybody knows how to get a hold of me. Rory Huskin at gmail dot com. Boom. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> I sure love being here. Thank you guys very yeah. much. Yeah. Love you, brother. Yeah, thank you guys love both you. for just sharing your stories. Still, I mean, like for me, just sitting here, just like the spirit was in the room today. You yeah. guys talking, so I, I appreciate both of you guys. I, I never, I never, I never, you know, I never used to be a crybaby, but when people start talking about Jesus, then my eyes tear up. I can't stop the crying. <laughs> I'll tell you. So here I am. And Tears so of joy, as soon baby. As we, as soon as we sign off, I, I got to go blow my nose. And <laughs> You guys should see this. He's crying. Mm. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. He is. Oh, man. He is. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much. If you want to get more stories of redemption, keep an eye out here for Keeping It Real with Rory. If you want to hear Rory's story, some more of his background, where he's come from and where he is now, and the God that brought him here, go check out his previous podcast talking about his story, as well as keep an eye out for last week's podcast where we talked about Rory's story as well as his wife Michelle's story. The flip side. Yeah, they they both... went through some struggles and came back together. Um, it's another tearjerker of a story. Yeah. Redemption. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about Robbie's story, if you want to go check out the Faith in the Fast Life podcast, Robbie was on that podcast, yeah. and he got a chance to tell his full story. Um, and go check that out. Check out that podcast. And I think at some point we're going to try and get Nick Ordorff on this as well. We are so. definitely going to get Nick. Yeah, you got to get Nick on there. Yeah. yeah. So Nick's, 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 uh, Nick's my brother, too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep networking for the kingdom here. Amen. So. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been Keeping It Real with Rory, brought to you by Cornerstone Roofing. If you need a roof, go check out Cornerstone Roofing here in Pueblo, Colorado, and Colorado Springs. Thank you so much for joining us. For Ben, Robbie, and Rory, have a great rest of your day.